chapter 11, 1 to 6 and 24 to 31, by faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Then 24 to 31. By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead for his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning everybody. Good to be back in the house of the Lord. Good to have the opportunity of bringing you God's word. Without faith it is impossible to please God. So simple. What else is there in life but to please our God, our Heavenly Father? And to do so is a privilege, actually, just to sort of walk and talk with the Lord and see where he leads us. And that's why this morning, as much as I talked about it last week, saying, well, the third chapter of Philippians starts with, and finally, brothers and sisters, I thought, no, no. We we can do something here that basically will, I think, hopefully set the tone for our departure and anybody new coming in and for everybody else here because this is what life is about is doing life together and knowing how to please our God that we serve so this morning is going to be one of those interesting ones because we've got a few people to look at Moses and did you see the word Jericho but did you actually notice that the word Joshua wasn't there but we always seem to associate Joshua with Jericho so anyway I'm going to tell you about Joshua he's in the mix there And then this one lady called Rahab, who by faith said, well, I'm trusting that when you guys come and when God delivers everything into your hands, he's going to deliver me as well. So faith with Moses particularly was quite interesting. I brought that part into the equation as well. You know, as we look at our scriptures sometimes, and if you have the word of the Lord before you once again, um, I'm just going to open in prayer, but I'd like us just to reflect that Hebrews chapter 11 starts with this amazing thing that says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see 
Let's ask the Lord to reveal what he has to say to us this morning. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity of just gathering together in your name, in your house, and for a day such as this, Lord, but we know that you're in attendance right now. We've welcomed you into our midst. We welcome you into our hearts. We welcome you, Lord, in such a way that you will reveal more of yourself. And help us, Lord, we understand what pleases you. Faith is such an interesting thing, Lord. We know we think we have it and then something happens and we just sort of sometimes forget that what it is all about and so we just need you Heavenly Father just to help us to be certain of the things that we are hoping for and certain of those things that even we can't see right now and so Heavenly Father we just pray again through the name of Jesus Christ open up the scriptures we pray and reveal the living truth in Jesus name we ask it Amen yes so Moses comes along into the equation yeah and um, for those who recognize the story, of course, it is one of those where he was born into a very privileged position. And uh, of course, for those who have had everything, um, it's always a tough one sometimes to give it up and to know that, yes, there is better ahead. What does it say of Moses? Well, he decided, he chose. Isn't that interesting? He chose to do something that perhaps was a bit radical at the time. But Moses was used of God in such a way as to lead people to a certain point. And the book of Joshua begins, Moses, my servant is dead. So in other words, God brings people in and God takes them out. And that's where we find ourselves, Linda and myself right now. God has brought us in and um, God is taking us out. And in such a way though that it says now to Joshua, now you get ready. So how does that sound? Somebody's got to make space for you to get ready. Are you ready? You just never know what God's going to do and who he's going to bring in for the next step along the way in Wangaratta Baptist Church. Are you ready? You see, God may remove his workmen and workwomen like Linda and myself, but he doesn't cease the work. We are just a part of something that sort of keeps on moving in God's economy. And you yourselves have all had a part to play in that. So we thank you for every contribution towards that. But when one of God's servants is removed, he usually raises up another to take their place. That's a good prayer to pray. And you've been praying for a pastor, and that's the diligent thing to pray for. Lord, we need you to raise up somebody to take the place of the previous persons here. But guess what? God doesn't always fill that place. There's a difference. To fill the place means sometimes that the work's already been completed. And in Linda and myself's case, we have come to a point where we knew God has fulfilled that part of what we are here for. You yourselves are on that journey still. And until you hear God sort of saying, well, it's finished, now move on with something else, the journey continues. It doesn't always fill the same place. There will be changes. There will be new things coming in. You can be assured of that. But this is faith, what we hope for. Still certain of what we do not see. So when God raises up a person to minister to somebody, he also prepares the people. And that's also a great prayer to pray. Lord, raise up the certain person to lead us, but Lord, would you also prepare us? Because as God prepares the people, then also they know the two come together. And that's what we've been praying for over at Barron Baptist Church. Lord, would you also prepare those people to receive us? We've only met them once, so this is going to be quite an interesting journey together. Well, as we've been talking in the past, remember last week, the Anamkara, the soul friend? 
Would you continue just to remind yourself that you can be a soul friend? You're going to have to work together here, folks. And whoever comes in, the new assistants, uh, the, new, the, sorry, the new interim pastor, and anybody like that, would some people be their soul friend? Would they just walk alongside them as well? This is the situation with Joshua. Think about it. He'd had all these years with Moses. What had he learned? Well, he'd seen so many things in action. And as we walk and talk and do life together, it's only as people are looking at us and seeing us that they start to realize, well, hang on, this is God at work in your life, and I want to have a part of that. So Joshua had been Moses' attendant for many years, and he'd learned a lot of things. He'd also learned how to have faith in God and let God do the things that only God can do. It's been interesting as well when in Hebrews 11, when we talk about the things of Moses here, by faith, when he had grown up, he chose. Verse 25, he chose. We all have choices to make in life, don't we? And we can choose to live by faith. Or then, of course, we can also look in the closet and suddenly see, hmm, this is scary. Your choice, faith or fear. You have a choice. How are we going to open up each day and sort of look and say, am I going to approach this day in faith? Or am I going to fear the consequences of the day? The choices are ours. And Moses chose. Verse 25, he chose. And he chose the better. He chose something that he couldn't even see. And that's sometimes the situation, isn't it? We say, oh, we hope we've made the right choice. And you don't quite know the consequences of those choices. But if it's done in faith... And if it pleases God, you will see things happen. Just backtrack a little while here and, and just think about it. Well, here's, here's Moses once again. And he recognizes that he's a unique person, a child of God, as is of hoping and trusting each one of us understands what that means to be a child of God. And he's thinking to himself, I'm in this really privileged position. I can call Pharaoh my father. I've got it all. And then he says, but no, nah, there's got to be more. What does it say about him here? He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Looking ahead to his reward. Think about that folk in the Old Testament, they knew the Messiah was coming. They were looking ahead to the Messiah. We have now after that event, look back to see what Jesus has done. And the cross is that reminder. It has been done. It has been paid for. So we look back. But Moses was looking ahead. He was looking ahead to a promise that he knew he couldn't see it. But somehow he could visualize it. He saw him who is invisible. Don't ask. How do you see anybody who's invisible? You've got a picture, though, in your mind's eye. You can start to imagine it. That's what God's given each one of us imagination. We don't really understand what heaven's going to look like. All I can tell you is the little bit that we see in Revelation looks like a wild place to be and it's certainly better than that other hot place that some of us have endured in this lifetime but will be also for the eternity to come. If you thought it was hot here, think more. So there it is. What's it going to do though as we look for this invisible God, we should be asking for the spiritual perception. We should be asking for eyes that see. And particularly when it happens that we've got to start looking for direction. 
Lord, show us the way forward. Trusting in God for the next step in the journey. But you notice what also happens as we're going forward. There's a little detour that sometimes says, are you sure? And you start to travel down the, f- the fear pathway. Trust. Trust. It's the same thing as faith. It's just putting faith in action. Trusting. Knowing that God has sort of put us on a journey. And so we just got to persevere. That's what it says of Moses. He persevered. And because of that, he was steadfast. But you know, with perseverance also comes patience. We know God's got us on the journey. We recognize the direction. And then we sort of wonder, how long is this going to take? Well, there's a men's breakfast coming up on Saturday. Sorry, ladies, it's called men's breakfast because you have your chance elsewhere, else time. But I'll be sort of sharing my story. What is happening in Barham, going to be happening in the next couple of weeks, started over 30 years ago in a little place in Cape Town. And it's a journey that I sort of was on and only now. So, you know, think Moses. Yeah, he waited 40 years. It's okay. Mine's about 36. Anyway, who's counting? But that's the thing. Sometimes God gives you a little bit of spiritual perception, says this is a possibility. You've just got to keep on going the road forward. And, of course, so many times Satan will come along and say, are you sure? And what does that happen? When we start looking at fear, people say, what's the opposite of faith? And some people would say fear. But guess what? It's actually not. It's sight. The opposite of fear is definitely sight. When you can see things, you're not blinded. Blinded by fear. Circumstances may cloud our vision of God. But if we can just ask for that perception, that sight, that thing that only God can give us, we will be able to say, all right, we have faith to believe that what God is offering us here will take place. And it says here, by faith, he kept the Passover. Things like that. God gave so many instructions to Moses. Many times he had no idea why he was doing what he was doing. But God has said, the sprinkling of the blood, the Passover lamb, that's to look forward to what my son Jesus Christ is going to do for the world, not just for the Israelites, but for the world. That is something that he kept. And if we go back to the book of Joshua, which is where this sort of journey starts with Joshua, um, we see he's coming up to that point now across the river, the Jordan. They're looking at Jericho. And they're in those plains around Jericho and they hold the Passover feast. They prepare themselves. Holding a Passover feast basically says, all right, God, we're inviting you into this situation. You've done it once before in Egypt where we held a Passover feast. We sacrificed a lamb. And guess what? The angel passed over us. Well, now we're coming to a point and it's Jericho and all I can see is walls around And they're thinking, okay, we better get really sure with God how we're going to approach this. It's so easy when you're an army just to start going around and around the the walls and then with brute force take them down. And then they'll know who's the boss, not with God. You come to that quiet place, you come to that place which is the Passover lamb has been slain. God is in control. The angel of death passed over, but this time the people are going to pass through the sea. Verse 29 is quite interesting. By faith, the people. Do you notice it's one person's faith, but it's contagious? 
If one person can believe it, others are going to follow it. It's the people who came through, not just one person. Everybody thinks, oh, Moses, Moses, Moses. Yeah, he was there, but it was the people who did all this. The people passed through the sea. They crossed over to the other side. They realized that they were following as well this shofar. This is the, this is the story that the people around were following a sound. They were following seven priests as they came to Jericho. They were following instructions. They were following instructions, actually, probably nowadays everybody would just sort of shake their heads and say, you're going to attack a city, you're going to take it for the Lord, and you're going to do it how again? Oh, yes, of course, you're going to have seven priests with their trumpets blowing around and around. You're going to, six days, you're going to walk around once. Seventh, second day, walk around again. By about the fifth day, you've walked around and you're thinking, we are getting nowhere. We are just walking around. But God says, that's okay. That's okay, because on the seventh day, you're going to walk around seven times. Oh, what fun. And then what are you going to do? You're going to do something very strange, because as these priests have been blowing out, you're also going to blow out with your voice, and you're going to shout for the Lord. So what do you shout? For God, for Jehovah. This is all yours. And they shouted for the Lord. You know, in the same way where God blew the waters of the Red Sea, do you think he had fun doing that? Gee, if I were God, I'd sort of go, let's see how this works, and blow down the Red Sea and the walls of water come up. Well, I think in the same way, and it's been proven, that the walls of Jericho didn't sort of collapse. They blew from the inside out. They collapsed outwards. And what's an interesting little picture here is God actually enclosed Jericho. They could not get out, it says. It's the same word as God doing this with Noah and the ark. He closed the door of Jericho. And I got this picture of God sort of saying, okay, guys, I've now got you in Jericho. Watch this. And the Holy Spirit basically blew the place apart. And the walls came down. But they came down outwards. I could tell you a little bit more, but it's a bit complicated. But just imagine that if I'm on a rock here and up to here was bricks, the bricks fell down so that they actually created a pathway because there was rock that was built and then bricks up above they all collapsed outwards now that's certainly got at work because if I was attacking a city you'd know that the walls are going to come down inside as opposed to outside every man who was part of that just walked right in and there it was an amazing Israelite celebrating something that only God can do only God could do that. Well, it, it is quite something when we see God at work, and especially once we've realized that we've actually been obedient, we've done everything God's asked us to do, and then he says, okay, now that you've done all that, watch and see. I'm just going to blow this place apart. And you're just going to say, wow, who could have thought that could ever happen? Happened to Jericho? can happen anywhere. We walk by faith, but not by sight. Remember, faith without works is dead God still said it you've got to walk it you've got to walk it keep walking it and know that in the way that God has asked us to walk it it will happen that the faith will be rewarded we walk by faith and not by sight there's this divine strategy that only God can understand but by faith the walls fell down 
the Holy Spirit was there and after the people had circled that they came in now the last one in our little journey here is Rahab Rahab I, I like that particular version of what Rahab and the thread of redemption basically Rahab's story was that she had protected some of the spies earlier on who had come to Jericho and she knew God was going to be at work she had faith to believe it and so she asked them for protection and so when the uh, Israelites came to take over Jericho she asked would you protect me and my family and so what did she do she hung this red cord out the window now her house probably was on the wall and that particular wall did not crash down it's interesting her family was spared her house stood still it was built on a rock remember the story in Matthew uh, chapter 7 there about the wind blowing and it didn't f- the house didn't fall down because it's had its foundations on a rock this is such a classic example of people believing whose foundations are firm because they're on a rock that rock being Jesus Christ here's a little thing cord simple enough nothing extravagant about that but that same word cord is actually also translated hope so have you heard of hope and a rope nope I've just made it up because that's what Rahab had she had hope in her rope you're going to remember this forever hope in a rope she hung it out the window and she said if you see that that's me inside please watch over me and don't do anything nasty to me and my family that hope on a rope was her salvation she had asked for her sign I have to just read this to you because it's such a great story and that word unambiguous comes into it for those who love big words so before the spies lay down for the night she went up on the roof and said to them I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Shion and Og the two kings we heard it and our hearts melted everyone's courage failed because of you for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below now then she says please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my brother and mother and sisters give me a sure sign well an unambiguous sign of God's grace a true token of anything ever revealed is of course the cross of Christ and every time we come into this place we will look at a sign a sure sign an unambiguous sign of God's love God's love was poured out onto Rahab and her family as it's poured out to each one of us as well this is a sure sign of God's grace and what is God saying no height or depth nor any created things will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord so where are we going to go with this if we're going to ask God to guide our footsteps we've got to be willing to move our feet it's all very well saying yes please Lord do this for me do this for me and then God says alright there it is there's Jericho walk around it walk around it but if you don't walk God's not going to be able to act either so each one of us I think have come to a point perhaps in life where we're going to say alright Lord give me that sure and ambiguous sign that the next step I'm taking is you showing me 
and I'm willing to walk. As I said before, God really loves doing things for his children. I mean, as parents, for those who have been blessed with children, I think that most of us would say, yes, we love doing things for our children. Think of it. If they came to us and said, it's too difficult, would you help me do this? God will make a way through the sea. He'll break down the walls. He will allow us to see God in action. So, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's ask the Lord, what is it that would please your heart? What is it that you would like me to do, to say, to be, to go, that would really please you? What would that look like? Do you want to spend a moment before the Lord in prayer? Let's do that. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. We want to know, Lord, that it's you speaking. And as you speak to our hearts, would you confirm it in our, in our lives as well? The things that you place in our hearts, the things of hope and faith for the future. May these be the things, Lord, that will please you as we put them into practice. So, Lord, we know that without faith it's impossible to please you. So we can ask for faith, but we also know, Lord God, that you've given us the means to walk in faith as well. And so we just pray again. Help us to overcome the fear by giving us the sight we need to see you before us to walk towards that goal, to walk towards heaven and know that one day our joy and your joy will be complete as we see each other face to face. But in the meantime, Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to overcome any fear with the faith that you give us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.